Hello and welcome to the podcast, We Are Selling. Last week, we had incredible reviews from our interview with Tristan Rowland from Queensland Stone Real Estate. And we did listing streams. This week, as promised, we're going to be talking about price alignment. He joins me again, Tristan Rowland. Welcome to the program. Ali, how are you? Very well, and thanks for coming back to speak to us. Tristan, just for those that may have missed last week, how many listings do you list a month? Anywhere between sort of 12 and 20, as a rule of thumb. And sales a year? Over 100. We moved 132, and the year we're number one for Stone. 134, sorry, 134. That'll do it. Let's get straight into our topic. When you're working with your owners, I would imagine your owners are like anybody else's owners. They're men and women who want this incredible price for their property. That's why they've hired the gun to come in and do the job. And you're in a very different spot to most people. You're charging top-level shelf rates. You're, You're not doing it half price like a lot of the industry has done. How do you get the price alignment right? What's your sequence in the words that you use? For me, a lot of the battle is over before it starts because at the very point of listing the property and before you even get into the negotiation of the marketing, explaining really key rules and points to the vendor are what will set you up for success. The last time to ever explain to an owner they need to drop this and do this and market that is when you've got an offer on foot. Okay, so one of the things, like I had a buyer's agent buy a property through us on the weekend and they said, oh, you know, are we going to get canned if we don't get to finance in 14 days? Right. I said, look, I've had not, never had a vendor terminate a contract on finance where the buyer was going to get it and it was only a couple of days away over a couple of days. And they said, really? I said, yes. And I'll tell you why. The director of uh, Bank West for the East Coast of Australia, James Blackshaw, bought my house in Camp Hill off me. And he was four days late in finance and five days late in settlement. Now, he sacked six people over it. But the point is, if he can't get his finance on time, what chance must mere mortals ever have? Right. The one common ground all vendors or two common grounds all vendors and buyers find is we hate the bloody banks and no more damn open homes. <laughs> so don't crucify the poor old buyer because the bank dropped the ball. And particularly COVID at the moment, we're getting sort of seven day blows out when it goes through the, um, the, the community and wipes out their loans departments again. Having that conversation before you've even got the sign of the ground, not right at the point of they're actually, you know, asking for the extension on day 13. That is where you get success because the problem is, all the vendor hears is the agents is trying to keep the deal together. They're trying to get me out of their hair. Everything you say to them has an agenda. So it's very important to explain these things when no one can potentially have an agenda on the table because then when you speak, they'll go, oh, this is what Tristan was telling me was going to happen in two weeks' time. Yeah, okay, this is that moment. And they handle it totally differently to you trying to shove it all into their head at once. Like we always joke, we put them through seller school for the first couple of days so they understand what to expect. So when it happens, you, one, look bloody smart you called it two weeks ago, and two, they don't think you're just trying to shove them out the door. So it's very important from that point of view. Give us a, an idea of some of those key conversations that you have to have with an owner in seller school time. One of the key things people say to me, how long do you reckon it's going to take to sell, right? Um, and I'm going to give you an example of probably a very difficult vendor that you get who comes to you as well at the listing table, right? They go, oh, you know, well, yeah, how long is it going to take to sell? Two weeks, three weeks, you know, you're pretty good. You're probably going to get rid of it as quick as you can, usual stuff you get, right? And gee, your fee is very high. And how do you know it's going to go so quickly or so high? And I say to people this. Firstly, my results are inherently dependent on the vendor, just as they are my ability. Now, the beautiful thing is you can jump on Rate My Agent and you can see purely by track history the extra money we get and the way my clients talk about me. There's no website called Rate My Vendor. God, I wish there was. I would have listed three less properties last year. If I could see how you as a vendor conducted yourself as well. 
<laughs> so, guys, it's just as much risk for us, if not more, because I've got no way to quantify what you're going to be like once we get underway, okay? However, you talk about days on market. In my experience, there's three kinds of sales you're going to get. One where it's quick, hard, fast. Everyone comes in the first couple of second days, and you get that vibe that just jumps out from the pack and blows the roof off it. Okay, great. Two, eight days is a reasonable day on day on market. You'll go, okay, the reason I say eight is you're going to get first weekend in, and you might get a few people bubbling away at the same level, and we go no price for the first week because you just don't know. Any agent that tells you they know what it's going to go for on price is either conservative or stupid because the key in negotiation isn't you, and it sounds really silly, but it's not the product. It's not even me. It's the buyer and their motivation, and the two biggest things that will change the price are why they want that street, like do they have in-laws in that street or with nearby, and how much pressure they are under time-wise or restraint. And those two things can make a 20% variant on price. So any agent says eight, when that could take it to a million, has no idea about negotiation. And it comes back to that beautiful saying at poker, you play your opponent, not your hand. If you get everyone on the same level in the first week, chuck a price on it. See if there's anybody else out there, right? And you might have someone the next week come in. So normally eight days, you start to get a very good feel. And people go, oh, well, I sold something 10 years ago. It took four weeks. When I started 17 years ago, four weeks was a pretty normal campaign. You run an auction for four weeks. Realestate.com, everything makes things move so much faster now. Your first eight days, you're pretty hot. After that, you start to age very quickly. Right. So you've got to be aware and this is explain it to them. Right. Four weeks ain't four weeks anymore. Now, the way we do our marketing, their social media, I'm going to get more people through your property in a week than the other agents are going to get through it in three months. We just took a listing off another agent over the weekend. We put it in the market. We sold it for 67 grand over what it was listed at for three months. Uh, they actually asked, told them to drop in 100 grand before we picked it up off them. But we had more people through in one weekend than they had in three months. So, Mr. Vendor, you can't treat what we're doing like, oh, well, that's only been week one. No, you had three months in one day, and that's why we got to critical mass. But at the same time, the other one, if you don't get in that first eight, nine days, is you're probably going to have an arm wrestle one. And what I mean by that is you're a different property, you're a bit unique, maybe you've got a different kind of buy pool, and you're going to arm wrestle it out. And any agent says that they don't have those on their books or haven't is either a liar or they're doing very little stock. Well, they're underpricing everything, right? Once someone said that the other agent, other agent said they haven't had a property go for more than a week, oh, they're poor sellers. Imagine how much more I had to work 20 weeks on one the other day, but I got my client an extra 107 grand. Now, I wish I got paid by the hour on that one, but the reality is that that client doesn't forget that. And people down the street go, I thought you were crazy, but yeah, it turns out you're actually really good at what you do. So having them understand that days on market at the start is very good. Because if you do get to week three, they're okay, well, this is what is it going to be one of those arm wrestle ones? And particularly it gives a chance to go, no, you're not an arm wrestle. We're just out on price. I think where most agents really get it wrong on price is they feel guilt for the price no longer being there, particularly in this kind of market, because they go, I told you X, and now it's at Y. If a vendor says, and own it, right? Own it if you're wrong, but particularly, and I learned this very early, even before I worked in real estate, people want someone to portion the blame to. Now, if you walk in with the blame chain hanging around your neck to a vendor meeting, they are going to hang you with it, right? But did you botch the campaign? Like, did you do your job properly? And I've got to say, a lot of agents, I hear them go, you didn't sell them, da 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 And I go, yeah, but you didn't make any effort, right? Like, I'll say to my guys, I'll never crucify you for your outcomes, only your actions, because that's what you can control, right? So my point is, when you go meet that vendor and they go, I'm so annoyed that we can't get a million anymore, me too. I'm not the one that's underpriced the two around the corner from us. I'm fighting the good fight here with you. You know, one of my vendors said to me before Christmas, I've worked out how we can get the price up. You need to be my alibi when I burn blank agency and blank agency down tonight. And I said, oh, mate, if only you could, because they were the ones hurting us. They had three other properties better than ours, well under ours. Now, we actually waited them out, 
going into Christmas and we got more than what they went for because the stock level started to drop off again. People say to me all the time, you know, oh, the buyers, you're an enemy in negotiation, which is a very silly way of talking to a vendor because it makes it competitive, right? The buyer is not your enemy, right? And I, I use my house in Camp Hill I sold where I really wanted 500 for it, right? And my agent who was selling it for me goes, oh, there's one around the corner in Tarana Street. They're killing us. The agent keeps telling people it's going to go for mid fours. And I went, what? And I, it, it flogs mine, as I know. And I went, I'll fix that. And I tell vendors the story all the time. I moved my own open homes. I put my place badge on. I was in place back then. And I went to the agent's open home. And at the top of my lungs, I went, this is amazing. Jenny, would be like, what? Mid high fives every day of the week? And all the buyers went, oh, I had a heart attack. And boom, boom, boom. All the offers came in and she sold for 585. And I got 516 for mine. But she was my enemy. The, that vendor was my enemy, not the buyer, right? So if the vendor goes, well, you know, Tristan, why are we no longer in a million? Because since then, these other properties have come on the market and there's a lot more coming on the market, right? This, I'm not your enemy. I'm not fighting you here. But every day these vendors look at us, go, they're not moving at that, so they come in underneath us, right? So, you know, I haven't controlled them. I didn't tell them to do that, right? So please, hey, if you want to egg anybody's roof, them, the other agency, they're, they're seriously, like, because people want someone to blame. But if you don't actually explain, that's what's holding you back. And you walk around with this sort of like, and I see agents take a lot of stuff to heart, right? Vendors are like a Rottweiler. If you're nervous, it will bite you. If you're confident, it will sit down, play dead, roll over, right? You know, you, and, and don't own blame for something you haven't done. And if you have it, then own it, right? Like I have so many vendors go, and like we, we very make very few mistakes, but when we do, we own it and we make it better. You know, vendor goes, oh, you know, I was really not, the, the ad could have gone better or whatever. Yep. And you know what? I've just put 500 bucks of my money into Facebook to send it to Hyperdrive. Really? Yep. Not good enough. Not how we roll. I sincerely apologize for that because you're almost itching for you to argue, right? And try and deny that you haven't done something wrong. We got it, acknowledged it and sorted it. If you talk to Samantha, her number one frustration is I won't argue with her. Okay. Yeah. No, that's my bad. <laughs> and she has to cancel her 35 page PowerPoint slide about what I did wrong because I've just said, yes, I did wrong and we'll fix it that secret of happy marriage, right? So, um, you know, own something if you've done it wrong, but if you haven't done something wrong, don't own it. You know, I, I, I see some of these agents at the moment, the younger ones coming through, and I feel the grey hair in my head at the moment. Yeah, I had a vendor, vendor say to me a couple of weeks back, they went interviewing agents, and an agent started to tear up at an open home because a buyer said, I don't like the kitchen. And the 20-something agent took that very personally. And I say to people all the time, if you don't like that, wait until we get to like a GFC-like market. I remember I had a vendor literally standing over me three days after Black Friday, screaming, like spit coming out their mouth, going, oh, yeah, I can't believe it. We can take this off, yelling at me. And, you know, the price is in August that year just went boom, overnight, right? And I didn't react, didn't cry, didn't waver, just sat there listening to them, let him go off. And being an ex-chef, I think it builds a pretty thick skin, right? And when they, when they, yeah, it was always joke, Tom and I always joke until the buyer throws a hot fry pan at us, they got nothing on some of the chefs we work with, right? When they finally stopped, I just went, can I speak now? You know, are you done? That's procedure. Yep. I get that you're frustrated. I truly do. But just clarifying for those playing at home, I wasn't the idiot that told you to borrow 300 grand to buy a stock market portfolio against your mortgage, right? That was your financial planner, right? Let's get him on the phone. Now, he's nowhere to be seen. Right. I'm just the silly schmuck at 830 on a Monday night standing in front of you with an offer, just trying to help you get out of that scenario. Right. So I get that you're pissed off and I get that I'm the human punching bag that's actually willing to face the music for everybody else for a decision I didn't even make. But, mate, please don't give me another gobble. Right. Like I'm here to help you. 
And they were, you know, I'm so sorry. And like most men just said, I'm so sorry, you're right. And they they just want someone to vent at. And the problem is most of the time we are that human punching bag between the buyer or the lawyer or whoever's hurting the vendor, right? And when you really go, I get you. Like, man, I'm hungry too. You know, I get paid per result, right? You know, uh, I'm more annoyed that you let go of the offer 200 grand higher last week because now I get paid less for you wanting more and I need to be backing you. Like, bugger us both, right? You know, don't own the blame for something you didn't do. And if someone made a bad decision outside of real estate or someone gets sick, I get it. It sucks. You know, empathy is such a big part of what we do. But if someone gets that ultimately your true intention is to do them good, they will listen to everything you have to say, everything you have to say. And like, oh, I've got a new guy starting with me. He said, oh, can I meet with you face-to-face for, for what was easily a two-second phone conversation? I went, no, get good on the phone. But I love the fact that he wants to get face-to-face. But if you can't get traction with someone – over the phone, it's funny, uh, just before Christmas, I had a meeting with 12 different vendors about price because the market had shifted a bit. And um, and they actually said, we're amazed that you asked to see us face-to-face because most vendors are expecting you to want to hide from facing the music, right? But the reality is it ain't my music to face. I've done nothing wrong, you know? And um, you talk about those actions and the guilt. We took a listing over for another agency, but it's a very interesting story. We had it listed. We had a very, very good offer on it, 1.1 million, and the agent said, don't take it. And they got it, they completely butchered it, went to auction, not a bid. And then we're telling people 800 would buy the property. And I rang the vendor and I said, look, I want to talk to you. So I'm surprised you want to talk to me after taking it off you and then seeing it listed so much less than what you had it, you know, for. And I said, look, that's fine. I said, I don't want to see you lose. Like never kick the legs out of another vendor, right? Like, you know, it's not, you don't know what's going on in their world. Uh, and I said, mate, I'm just surprised. But I said, more than anything, what frustrates me is that house is empty at the moment and they did one open home for half an hour on Saturday. It's vacant. I'll be there with a deck chair. And he went, you know what, you're right. I said, I'm not judging by outcomes, whatever, but I'm judging by effort. And they can control health and they turn down. You're wearing, what, 500 bucks a week in vacancy and they can't turn it for more than half an hour at the crappiest time of the day. That's not cool. And he said, you're right, gave it back to us. We sold it over what they had it listed out in four days. And we did, an open home from 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock that day, deck chairs. Why not? We'd sold everything else, right? And by the way, if you're an agent and you do one open home on a Saturday and you finish at 12 o'clock, get out of the industry. Like, I had guys who used to work for us, and I couldn't wait to get them out of my business because they'd go to the golf course at 12 and 1. And the amount of agents I see on their socials posting things up, like, here's me at the pub at 1 o'clock on a Saturday. Uh, and I go, tell a vendor that you shouldn't be their agent without telling them, like, what? You know, I'll, I will steal your deal on a Saturday afternoon. But it, it's that that basic stuff of this is what we're going to do, and we've done everything we can. Because if you have done everything you can effort-wise, marketing-wise, and everything else, you earn the right to say to a vendor, you know, we've got nothing left but price. We need to do something. Tristan Rowan, another incredible session. We're so fortunate to have you on the We Are Selling podcast. Congratulations on the result, but a big thank you. This was a request topic by Chris Hanley of Byron Bay First National. We were chatting in the break. So I said, I know just the person to do it, and you absolutely smashed it. Tristan, thank you for joining us. Thank you, mate. And that concludes another edition of We Are Selling, and some great information there from Tristan Rowland. Tristan will be appearing at the Complete Salesperson course, which is being delivered on the 19th and 20th of April at the beautiful Hunter Valley in New South Wales. But if you are considering the Complete Salesperson course, go to leewoodward.com.au and you can book online. Thank you for listening and I look forward to seeing you next week on We Are Selling. Brought to you by Realtair, the home of Pitch, Sign and Sell. See you next week.